Welcome, Impactful Parents. It's time for the Impactful Parenting Podcast, where I give you parenting tips and resources to make you a more impactful parent to your school-aged child. I am your host, Christina Campos. Welcome, Impactful Parents. Today, we're going to be talking all about this moody season. Hello, my name is Christina Campos. I'm founder of The Impactful Parent, and I help parents of school-age children turn their chaos into connection with their adolescent. I'm a mom of four kids, a teacher that has taught every grade from preschool through high school, and today I help moms and dads like yourself to navigate the exhausting, confusing, frustrating, but rewarding world of parenting. So welcome to The Impactful Parent, and let me introduce you to my co-host and best friend, Melissa Clark. Melissa is a mom of three and has been a teacher, a social worker, and a therapist, but Melissa found her true calling with the Gestalt Coaching, and today Melissa helps people heal past wounds and stepped into their best self with the Gestalt Method of Therapy. So welcome to this episode of The Impactful Parent. We are glad that you are here. All right, everybody, today we're going to be talking about moody season. What do I mean? This is when everybody is in a mood. Uh, Melissa, are you in a mood today? Oh, completely. <laughs> yes. Yes. How about you? Oh, my goodness. I'm The hustle, the bustle, the I don't have enough time for everything that's happening. And it's always around this time of year. I feel like it starts hitting in the middle of November, maybe even a little bit before that. And it just lasts through the holidays. Right. And it's, it's not my imagination. I can't be. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about the moody season, because not only are we feeling really moody as parents, um, but our kids are feeling moody too, which just makes us more moody. <laughs> So we're like stuck in this cycle of everybody on each other's nerves, everybody just button heads, everybody just cranky, like cranky is pretty much the great word to express my household. And so I wanted to get an idea, what does it look like in your household right now? And then let's talk about how can we manage this, not only for ourselves, but also for our kids today. So let's get started with this episode. Melissa, what does your house look like right now? <laughs> Oh my goodness. It is bananas right now. I feel like the back to school, like excitement has kind of worn off and now we're in it. Now this is okay. We're in the school year. Um, the getting dark early does not help anything, right? Cause at least after school early on in the school year, we could go outside and spend some time outside and the sun was still out and that was still good. And it was still exciting to be back at school. And now we're just in it. Now it's getting colder and darker. I think that plays a big role. And they're just kind of getting sick of the routine already of school. There's no end exciting in September, but, you know, end of August, September, back to school time. And now we're just in it. And it's frustrating on so many levels. And it's hard to get them outside to be active and doing things. So it's, it's so much attitude and frustration and not wanting to listen. There's so much going on very, very moody. Yes, it is very moody. And I'm going to touch on when you talk about it's getting dark, it's getting cold, because we're going to talk about a real thing that I don't know, psychologists say is called sad, which we're going to get to that in a minute. But before we get to that, it's true that right now, the suicide rates go up um, all across the board from teenagers to adults. 
uh, you got the stresses of the holidays and the pressures that I know even as parents, as a mom right now, I'm already shaking my head going, okay, yes, I celebrate Christmas. So, but I got to put up the Christmas tree and I got to, you know, do I have the finances to make everybody's holiday so special and wonderful? And I want that for my kids. Um, but it is stressful to make the magic happen. And oh, that's so truly stressful. what parents do, right? We make the magic. <laughs> I think it's even more stressful when you have a little child who is really depending on that magic. My kids are a little bit older now, but um, all of it is just weighing on the shoulders. And it starts maybe when daylight savings time happens is, mm-hmm. is probably a good indicator. Um, so I wanted you from your expertise, if you see a kid who's withdrawing, okay, let's say they're eating too much or they're eating too little, maybe let's say they're sleeping too much or sleeping too little. I know those are some basic signs of some depression that could start seeping in, but in general, not even just for our kids, I guess it's for all of us. You're spouse, you know, your friends, what are some things that we need to look out for that says, Hey, that person over there might need a little extra TLC from us. I feel like a big one is when they start, and this goes for anybody at any age, but when they start to lose interest in the things that normally bring them joy. So if like my middle child plays the cello and she's so excited about the cello, once that, if that were to fall off, I would get concerned right? They're going to go through mood swings. There's going to be periods of, oh, I want to sleep a little bit more, especially when it's darker and colder out. And there's going to be times that I want to be more withdrawn from my friends and all of that. And I think if it lasts a long time, right? Like looking at six months, that's a pretty significant amount of time for a 13 or 14 year old to not want to hang out with their friends, right? But for the, the early signs is, okay, are they losing interest in the things that they love? Those are kind of like the red flags to look for. Um, yeah, eating, sleeping, definitely. But the, I feel like uh, so much of that is typical. So it can be hard to see. It can be hard to recognize if kiddos are struggling. So the big thing is, or do they not want, you know, my other daughter loves um, hanging, she, well, she loves hanging out with her friends, but she loves volleyball. If she were just to say, nope, I don't want to do that anymore. I just want to go home and sit and be by myself. I would be concerned about that. And so many of the warning signs for teenagers going into depression are just teenagers. Exactly. <laughs> it's yes. so yep. It's a moody time. And just to allow for that, I think is okay. Yeah. And so yeah. we're trying to create this balance as parents between creating the space that maybe our kids need to decompress and let out themselves. And some kids truly need to be alone to recharge. Um, and if you're a parent who understands that, awesome. But some parents don't get that. And they have a kid that needs that type of recharging moment. So just something to think about. Uh, It's just difficult. And if you're not catching the warning signs, it's not necessarily your fault. But I do want parents to be aware that this is an opportune time to start looking out for that kind of thing. I think that's important. Yes. Yeah. Just to have the awareness. Eyes wide open. Might not be anything. Hopefully it's not. But just to be keeping an eye out in case that there is something bigger going on. Yeah. Now let's talk about SAD. This is a real thing. It's seasonal affective disorder. And uh, today we're going to be doing it 
more in from a child's lens so we can try to catch that kind of stuff before it gets into a bad depression. But basically, this is a type of depression that manifests itself during certain seasons with the most common form being winter depression, which is what we're hitting right now. Um, It's a mood disorder characterized by reoccurring episodes of depression, and it happens the same time every year, usually here in the fall, the winter, and then maybe getting better in the spring or the summer. And I'll say right now, it can affect anyone, okay? And you, as a parent, probably feel a lot of this too. Um, It's actually, a statistic is that it's estimated that about 5% of the population does experience sad. (laughs) And it's a higher prevalence among women and younger individuals than any other population. So this really affects us as moms and it really affects our our teenagers. So I want to talk a little bit about SAD. Um, Melissa, just asking personally, do you experience SAD or does anybody in your family? Maybe not at like the clinical definition of it, but I can definitely feel a difference between going from the summertime where everything is light and green and we have long days and a lot more energy. I know that personally, I have a whole lot more energy in the summer than I do in the winter. I can just feel it. And I think that that there's a piece of it that I like to at least hold is my truth is that I like to be able to like, I can see that I'm connected with that cycle of there's going to be times in the year where I have more energy and there's going to be times in the year when I don't and it's okay to allow myself to rest which is not easy for a lot of moms where we're just like it's still go time right there's still school still chores all of the things that it's hard to allow for that but I can definitely see that happening for myself and for my kids this time of year you know it gets dark here in Colorado at five o'clock right now and we're just tired and it can look like depression sometimes. And I think if, if it, it, there's, a, there's like an edge to, that you can go over where it actually does start sinking into that, which is, the, that's the scary part, right? But for, but, but, but for me personally and for my kiddos, I feel like that there is like a quieting that happens this time of year of where it just gets calmer, quieter, moodier for sure. I love that that you said quieting. There is that. I had never really could put it in those kind of words before, but there is that. There's a quieting. And it, man, the you're right. In Colorado and I know in several other states, it's getting dark so early and it definitely affects us. We, I just, just yesterday had to go out with my son at, for a meeting that he had at a high school at 6 p.m. And it felt like 10. And both of us were like dragging our feet. We did not want to go. And it was simply do that it's dark and cold outside. That's it. And we felt that way. And so it's a real, real thing. So let's talk about some of the warning signs or things that you might see if your child is exhibiting sad. The first one is a persistent sadness. So this is going to be that feeling of sadness, hope, hopelessness, uh, irritability, but keep in mind that it's going to last for several weeks or months. Okay. If they truly have the sad disorder. Another warning sign would be low energy levels. So um, in kids, this can look like they're going to feel tired, they're going to feel fatigued, and they're even going to feel that way after they've had a good night's rest. And that would be the differentiator between is my child staying up too late or do they might have sad. Uh, A third warning sign would be 
the social withdrawal that happens where they just are less interested in social activities. They want to be in isolation. Maybe they have difficulty connecting with um, other family members or even their friends, which they typically would. Uh, and Melissa mentioned all these. So it was awesome. Um, another warning sign would be a decline in academic performance. And this simply happens because of all the other things. They're just not feeling motivated to study, to do their work. Um, there's a decline in the concentration that they're able to do and even their working memory. So all of this affects their overall academic performance. Um, two more warning signs are the first one is changes in appetite. And we kind of talked about this before where we have a loss of appetite or an increase of appetite. And either one of those is not a true warning sign on its own, right? But when it's coupled with any of these other warning signs, that's when maybe the appetite thing should kind of boom, trigger a little red flag in your brain. And the last warning sign that I'm aware of is uh, sleep disturbances, where SAD can disrupt a child's sleep pattern, which then causes them to have insomnia or even excessive sleeply sleep sleepliness, <laughs> sleepiness. There we go. <laughs> sleepiness. Um, and so those are the things that you want to be looking for. I'm going to pause for a minute here. And now that I've said a lot of these warning signs, I want to get Melissa's comment um, on either personally or professionally, anything you want to add to this? I think that's a pretty exhaustive list. Yeah. Just things to keep an eye out for. And, and it doesn't mean that there's necessarily a crisis happening, right? If your kid's appetite changes or if their sleep pattern changes, but these are just warning signs to keep an eye out for and maybe even to be having the conversation with them about this. Hey, I've noticed, right, that this is going on, but I think that's a pretty good list. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit now about like, okay, I think that my kid has this or maybe even myself, what can I do to help it? Because that's really why we're here. We're listening to this uh, episode because we want solutions. And one of those solutions that you could literally do is light therapy. Now, Melissa, <laughs> when I read about light therapy, this involves, you know, actually getting artificial light or mimicking sunlight through different ways and exposing kids to this. It kind of sounds a little woohoo to me. I'm not going to lie. So I like your take on it. Do you think light therapy would work? And I don't, I don't even know. I'll be honest with you, I don't know where I would even go and get light therapy other than maybe taking the bull by the horns and going to my own Home Depot and figuring out how to, I don't know, cast mm -hmm. light on myself, yeah. which all seems a little funny and ridiculous. But when you're sad, for real, <laughs> um, you're willing to try anything. So do you think it would work? Do you have any experience with this? I don't have any experience with it, but I do there's a piece of me that can see the benefits from it, right? Because a huge piece of this sad, uh, th this disorder is the lack of sun, right? So if we're going by the lack of vitamin D, the lack of, of the, the sun's rays being on us, that's a piece of what's contributing to this for sure. So I think that's why the light therapy helps some people is because it's offsetting the really dark nights, right? If you look at places like Seattle and, you know, Washington and Canada and Alaska, I don't know of the statistics, but I can only imagine and what I've heard that, that it's actually an increased incidence of SAD up there because of the lack of light, because of the lack of sunlight. So it would only make sense, right, if that's what's causing it, 
to bring more light into the world. Personally, I kind of struggle with this just a little bit because I wonder how much of that takes us out of the natural rhythm of things, right? And if we look back into our ancestors that didn't have electricity, I'm, I'm always so curious to know what was going on for them way back when, right? How we're biologically wired because they did, they would just go to sleep earlier, right? Which is one of the symptoms of SAD. So I feel like there's like a, there's a lot to explore and navigate and there's not a definitive answer for, okay, does light help? Or could it actually be throwing us off of our natural rhythm of just needing more rest? It's, it's a tough, tough question. What I want to add to that is uh, exactly what you're saying that actually if you can maintain a routine. That is another way that you can combat sad. It's actually the next thing I was going to mention. So you, it's wonderful. You brought it up. It's a great segue that maintaining a routine. Now let's think about how can we maintain a, a routine with light. And one of the things that I do personally is when the sun comes up in the morning, cause it is coming up a little bit earlier. I'm just starting my day earlier. I had to wake up this morning at 5 AM because the sun was coming up and my body is so about the natural sunlight coming in. I get sleepy when the sun goes down and I wake up when the sun comes up and that's my natural body rhythm. And so I do need to adjust when the time changes. I just kind of have to embrace, <laughs> embrace the, embrace the fact that I have to wake up at 5 AM completely sucks but I just have to do it. And if I embrace it instead of fight it, I find that I'm much happier in the long run. Um, I'm just a more well-balanced mom than if I try to fight it and you know keep to my schedule, but I'm still keeping a routine. Let me preface that. I'm still keeping a routine. And another thing that I might do is on my daylight hours, even when it's kind of cloudy outside, I turn the lights on in the house. And I make my house brighter and that makes me feel better. Um, so it might be dark outside, but I'm bringing in that light into my home. And yeah, the electricity bills a little bit more, but I mean, in the end, it's it's worth it to me just to have a better mental health, really. So one thing that I do um, that I feel really helps my own mental health, and I really try and encourage my kids, which is sometimes a little bit of a struggle to do, is to get outside and to enjoy the daylight, especially when it's nice out, but even when it's not. I happen to love the snow and some, like my, my youngest daughter does too. So to get outside when it's nice can make such a big difference. Just taking advantage of the sunlight um, and the good weather can be really good. Getting into a winter sport can also be really beneficial. Like my youngest loves to ski, so I'll take her up as much as we can. And I love to snowboard. So that's, to me, that's, and I know it's an expensive sport and it's a hassle, but that's an investment in our mental health that really pays off. I don't dread the winter. And my, my daughter actually really looks forward to it because of the fun that we can have out on the slopes. I think having something to look forward to this time of year is good, especially if it's active and it's outside and you can still be in the sun as much as possible. I think that that's a real big key because it's so easy just to slide into the routine of, oh, it's dark, I can't do anything, right? And then we just get sucked inside. And I think that contributes to the not feeling so awesome. So having some sort of hobby to look forward to, I think make, makes a big difference. Another thing that makes a difference in my household is how we eat. 
because how, especially this time of year, there's so much cookies, right? We're baking all the time and you got uh, Thanksgiving and uh, the holiday season and it's just packed. I mean, the whole we gather around food and a lot of times that food isn't always very healthy. A lot of pies. I mean, it's tasty and I'm really excited about it coming up, but it doesn't necessarily make me feel like I want to get up and exercise <laughs> because I'm full and I feel heavy. And this is where we kind of gain weight a lot of times, right? And when you're gaining weight, the last thing you want to do is get up and be active. It's dark. It's cold. We want to sit and snuggle and hot chocolate and pie and, you know, wrap yourself in a blanket and just be happy that way. Um, but then that gets too much and then we get unmotivated and then we can't get up and actually get active. So I think if we're really intentional about, hey, not only seizing those really good, beautiful day, sunny moments when they come, but also being very intentional about what we're consuming and what our kids are consuming this time of year, all of that plays into our mood and our energy levels. And I think we just don't think about it. You know, we're, we're thinking about baking cookies because that's what we should be thinking about. <laughs> but but at what point do we as parents have to say, all right, maybe we I should, you know, throw the rest of these cookies away. We should have some cucumbers or something. I don't know. Yeah, donate them to the neighbors or something. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's great. <laughs> let's let's give them to our neighbors. That's a fantastic idea. Um, holiday cheer. There you go. <laughs> but it's really difficult um to manage this. And honestly, there's not a lot of other ways that you combat it besides the light therapy, watching your diet, really being intentional about being active and Seeking professional help, which is always an option. There isn't a ton of things that you can do to 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 really combat the seasonal affective disorder or sad. And I just want parents to to realize that it's a real thing. I know you're feeling it. Your kids are feeling it too. Um, and to have it at top of mind so that we can be a lot more flexible, not only with them, maybe maybe be more patient but really intentional about watching them, making sure they don't fall too deep and and really being intentional about those activities. And we're going to have to help them because if nobody's going to help them, they, they hardly sometimes don't help themselves. So if we don't help them through it, then who's going to, right? And yeah. Yeah, exactly. I do feel like that there's a lot that can be done to kind of, to prevent sinking into that, right? Like all of the things that we've talked about, eating good, getting good sleep, being active. I feel like if you're if you're actually doing all of those things, the chances of it happening probably reduce. I don't have the scientific evidence behind that, but I feel like just overall, right? If you're getting out and you're still doing stuff that you love, if you can find the excitement and can either go on a holiday breeze or having going ice skating or really enjoying this time of year while also letting yourself rest because that's, I feel like that's nature is wanting us to do that. Finding that balance, I think that there are things that can be done to prevent from sinking into that really deep depression that nobody wants to be in. And once you're there, it's hard to get out of. And one of the things I think parents can 
can be aware of is the electronics that their child and, and even our assaults. Okay. I say kids, but yeah, us too. And I'm guilty of it. Looking at electronics before we go to bed, um, making sure that those actually turn off and get put to the side one hour at minimum before you want your child to fall asleep. Um, that's the notorious thing that like just about everybody does to ruin their sleep. And so uh, just to be aware of that, the blue light, I know you can wear blue light glasses. Your kids are going to tell me, oh, I got the blue light blockers on my my phone settings or whatever. Um, yeah, that helps. It's not the answer. They really need to turn off the electronic so that they can get into more of that rhythm. And just to do that same thing every night, whatever they do to go to sleep at night or for yourself, you got to do it every night. It literally has to be routine, whether it's I'm going to take a shower and then I'm going to do, you know, whatever, a makeup routine, like maybe I'm going to do a facial or maybe I'm just going to rest for whatever. But you have to do the same thing every single night to help you get into that rhythm. And that's really hard for a lot of people to do for to do the same thing every single day. It sounds boring. It's not very stimulating. But honestly, that's the point. <laughs> Like you're supposed to be bored. That's why you're going to fall asleep. You don't want it to be stimulated. <laughs> um, so to keep that in mind as you're going through this and reach out, if you find that your child or even yourself is going to go into a depression, you see these warning signs. There was a the culmination of a few different things that you see happening, um, that, la- that lack of sleep, that uh, not eating well, that withdrawal, that moodiness the anything you see that combination don't be afraid to seek help go to a healthcare professional Um, you can even start with your family physician and see you know what they think about it Um, they might be able to lead you to a good therapist or somebody else who might be able to help it depending on what your issue could be they'll be able to diagnose that get the help that you need because you deserve it you deserve it as parents you your kids your family deserves it to feel healthy to feel good especially this time of year that can be really, really stressful. So I just want to encourage the audience to do that. Yeah. I think the the piece about reach out for help, if you're really concerned, having a, you know, getting some insight on that, but then a piece of it is just being a human. You know, there's so much of this that's just being like, it's just a quieter time and our society is not built for this, for People still have jobs. They still keep rolling, right? Amazon keeps going. Like there's nothing that slows down in our society that actually allows for this rest period. And I think that's where it's like nature versus society. That's my honest opinion. That's why it's actually kind of hard for me to talk about this. It's contradictory where Mm -hmm. we're telling, stay, make everything magic and beautiful and you can do it. And and yet it's the, it's the rhythm that the season of rest yeah. and we don't allow ourselves to go there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so Especially I think as moms, Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And I think as moms, we need to stop putting so much pressure on ourselves and mm-hmm. really be intentional about our rest. Yeah. Whether it's, I need to rest. I need to rest this amount of time because we're not resting enough or I'm resting so much because I'm getting into a depression. I need to get active, but all of it is about being intentional about the kind of rest that we receive. And then I hope through people listening, 
they're going to also say, hey, if I'm feeling this way, I need to watch this in my kids. And maybe my kids are feeling the same thing because school doesn't stop. They still have uh, midterms coming up. They still have, you know, final exams for, for particular classes and they can't stop either. And yet they have, they're feeling the same types of pressures from society and, and the weather is telling them just go to bed. <laughs> so yes. I feel, yep. I feel like it's we just need to like, say go it out loud. The book and <laughs> yeah. yeah, we do. We just yeah. have to say it's it out loud. No one's talking about it. Like this mm-hmm. is how we feel right now. We are being pulled in two different directions and we have to figure out how to create balance so that we don't go crazy. Yes. Yep. And beat ourselves up for not feeling like we're doing enough because which is so easy for moms to do. Right. Oh, we're not doing enough, especially when with all of the events coming up in the next month or two. It's oh, we want to do everything. We want to show up for everybody. We want to be there and have all of the gifts and do everything right. But having some grace for ourselves and and just recognizing, hey, maybe it's okay if we don't do all of the things. It's okay to rest. It's okay to take have some self care right now and not burn out because that's not fun either. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And so let's watch each other as, you know, we go through this season, watch each other, watch your friends, watch your family members. And as it's a, as a collaborative, I truly believe we are better and we need that right now in this season. And so maybe I challenge you today to, to find somebody who you can talk to this about with and, keep each other accountable for making sure everybody gets enough rest, but it's not too much that we're not going to go into depression, that we're getting enough light in our life, that we're seizing those good days and we're getting outside, we're staying active, but more importantly, that we're just not putting so much pressure on ourselves that it's okay. We can rest and that's all right. Yeah. And that's okay. Self-care. Thank you for joining us today. Remember that this episode is just a small part of what the Impactful Parent offers. Also available are online courses, parent support groups, coaching services, and the Impactful Parent app. Find out more by going to theimpactfulparent.com. And to find out more about Melissa's services, go to fireandrainscoaching.com. Become a more impactful parent by downloading the Impactful Parent app. The Impactful Parent app is free, so you can carry help, tips, and parenting resources right in your pocket. So discover new techniques to make your parenting more effective and get parenting resources that will make your life easier. Download the app today. You got nothing to lose since it's a free download. So go to theimpactfulparent.com or your phone's app store and search Impactful Parent and discover how you can step up your parenting game and become a more impactful parent. But until next time, you got this, parents. We're just here to help. Thank you for listening today. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget, the Impactful Parenting Podcast is an extension of the Impactful Parent community. Go to the Impactful Parent website and download the free Impactful Parent app so you don't miss a parenting tip that could help you and your family. Thanks for listening today. So go to theimpactfulparent.com and see you next episode.